Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of 1 Corinthians, specifically chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. No one is ever saved in response to any message other than the true gospel. The word gospel literally means good news. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the good news about salvation through Jesus Christ, available only by faith in Him. Please listen to Pastor Harris as he delivers today's slice of this week's message entitled, The Gospel. Well, I want to welcome you to the greatest chapter in the Bible on the subject of resurrection, life after death, coming back from the grave. Now, there are many passages that assure you in Scripture that the grave is not the end of a person's existence. Jesus was abundantly clear in John chapter 5, every single person will be called forth from the grave and resurrected, either to a resurrection of life or to a resurrection of damnation. But in, in God's providence, He used this, this church at Corinth in kind of a backhanded way. There were many problems in the church at Corinth, and some of it was bad teaching that had infiltrated that church concerning the resurrection. And so God used the Apostle Paul to write this spectacular chapter on resurrection. Now, because the gospel, the, the good news of life in Christ, is so directly tied to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Paul starts this section, though the theme is resurrection, he starts it with the gospel. I hope you will join me here for our midweek study on Wednesday evening. When we do that, I would like to take you on a delightful journey to explore the gospel, that phrase, as it is developed through the New Testament. I decided this week to survey all 101 occurrences of it in the New Testament, and I started getting excited. I put all that together, and I discovered that I had written just about the amount that normally fills a sermon, and I hadn't even touched the passage for this morning. So I decided to reverse the order. Let's go see what the Apostle Paul writes about the resurrection, and then we'll come back to it. Uh, well, the resurrection, the gospel as it connects to the resurrection. The word gospel, Greek word is euangelion. An angel is a messenger. An angelion is, or an angelion is a message, because an angel is a messenger. And uh, euangelion is a good announcement, or it's good news. The Greek noun and verb uh, that are used in the New Testament were transliterated into English, giving us the words evangelism and evangelize. The gospel is an announcement of good news. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the good news about salvation through Jesus Christ and available only 
by faith in Him. Now, that's Paul's subject for 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 11. And here's how we're going to break down this passage. We'll talk about the nature of the gospel, the first two verses, and then verse 11. We'll see that it doesn't change. It demands a response. It's the means of salvation. It includes evidence. Then we'll look at the facts of the gospel in verses 3 through 8, and then the recipients of the gospel as implied in verses 9 and 10. So let's talk about the nature of the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 2. Paul starts out with basically a spiritual slap in the face to the Corinthians. This is a rebuke. He says, Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which you also received, in which also you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Now he's saying, I'm telling you this, I'm making this known to you. He's taking them all the way back to the very beginning of what he preached right at the start when he first showed up in Corinth. As I say, it's a rebuke because obviously some of them had failed to hang on to the essence of the gospel. So he says, I make known to you the gospel that I preached to you. There is one gospel, it's singular, it's only one, only one true gospel with myriad corruptions of it available. We skip down to verse 11. He says, whether then it was I or they, in other words, Paul says, if you believed in the gospel when preached through the other apostles, we'll see when we get there, that's who he's referring to in they, whether you heard it from them or whether you heard it from me, it's the one and only gospel. So we preach and so you believed. Little word so is important there. It means in this way, thus, the one true gospel, exactly what was preached by Peter and James and John and Philip and Andrew, all the rest wherever they went, and then I, the one who came along later. In this way, you believed. No one is ever saved, no one is ever granted entrance into heaven in response to any message other than the true gospel, the good news that Jesus Christ died for sins. No matter who a person hears it from, be it an apostle, be it a next-door neighbor, be it a parent, be it a friend, it's always the same truth about the same Savior. And when we think about teaching things. This is a fully transferable concept. It can be transferred from any one person to any other person. And if we want to be uh, really hip and cool these days, it is contagious. It can be passed on from one to another, but it's the one single gospel. We read over in Galatians 1, 6, and 7, where Paul is referring back to his first missionary journey and the aftermath of that when he and Barnabas had gone through the region of Galatia and other places and they'd preached the gospel and along came some people and and added to it. And he says this in Galatians 1, 6 and 7. He says, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another. It's not the same thing he means. Only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. And by the way, you know in that passage, he goes on to say, let them be 
accursed. To change the gospel, to modify the gospel, to improve on the gospel, to add to the gospel, to subtract from the gospel is to bring eternal damnation on yourself. Now, in Galatia, what were they doing? Well, they were doing the add-on version. They were saying that that stuff that Paul told you, that's good. Christ died for your sins. You should believe that. You should trust in that. Plus, you also have to keep certain aspects of the Mosaic law. You should also be celebrating these feasts. You should also be doing these, these sacrifices. But faith plus anything is not saving faith. To distort, distort the gospel is to change it in any way at all. If you define Christ anything other than as the God-man, the second person of the Trinity, you have no gospel because that's the Jesus who died for you. If you add any work that man can do, if you add any religious ritual that man can do in addition to trusting Christ, you have no gospel. Galatians chapter 3, verse 11, obviously building on what he wrote in chapter 1 of Galatians, Galatians 3.11, now that no one is justified by the law before God is evident for the righteous man shall live by faith. And there he quotes Habakkuk who lived under the law and he's saying righteousness comes by faith. That stuff about keeping the demands of the law, bringing all of those sacrifices, celebrating all of those feasts, doing all of those things, that's how you demonstrate that you truly believe. But none of those things ever saved anyone. So based on verses 1, 2, and 11 here, I think it's safe for us to summarize four things about the nature of the gospel. First, it doesn't change. The message of the gospel doesn't change from generation to generation. It cannot be adapted to suit someone's personal opinion about how salvation should come. It is, as Paul wrote in verse 1, the gospel which I preach to you, which also you believed. It's an unchanging message. Secondly, it demands a response. He says, you received this. The word received is a Greek word that means to, to take to oneself, literally to, to embrace or to, or to welcome. It was used when a, a, like a relative would come to visit your home. You would paralambano. You would welcome them. You would receive them. The gospel is true. It never changes. Christ died once for all, but the gospel doesn't do any good for anyone unless and until a person acts upon it. God does not save people against their will. God makes the provision in Christ. Christ did all the work. He cried out, it is finished, when he had, when he had borne the wrath of God for the sins of all who would believe in Him. God invites you to believe. It is a, it, it, it's a universal invitation. Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. No one is excluded from the gospel invitation. The reason that anyone fails to be saved in the end is because they choose to remain blinded by their sin. They choose to do it their own way. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.